This is part two of the first episode. Enjoy. Would you rather have traded up and taken Tunzel or kept the value that we had already acquired and rolled the dice with either Conklin or Decker? If it was Decker, it's an obvious, like, absolutely uh, trade up. For Conklin, I still think Tunsil. Because I, I, I think Tunsil's going to be something special. I think Tunsil's going to be two, three years from now until 12, 13 years from now. I think Larry Tunsil's going to be top three left tackle in this league. I think he has that kind of skill set. Um, so I really, I still think trade up there for Tunsil, but... But it'd be close if you're talking about um, staying for Conklin, though. It would be, it, that would still be close to me. I, I'm the same place. It's it's fifty fifty. If you're going to trade up, you take Tunsil because if he's a bust, he's still a starting right tackle. No matter what happens, this guy's going to be a starter, unless he just ends up being the worst bust in history. He's he's just he's physically that good. He's that smart. You watch his tape. He's so smooth. He does everything. You know his bad points are better than most guys good points uh so trading up for that value absolutely the fact that they took conklin i would rather they wait uh i don't think conklin was going to be there whenever they picked so if he's john robinson's guy you know all hell john robinson okay let's do this thing <laughs> yeah i mean that's if, if he has got his heart set on a guy and that's his guy he wants to bring in the locker room he fits the mold i'm all for it i'm I'm not as sold on Tunzel as you guys are. I mean, yeah, he's a great player. I did not want him number one. I knew that. And to be honest with you, in this year's class, there was not a solid number one pick. If I had the choice between Tunzel and Ramsey, I probably would would go Ramsey. Now, I don't think the Titans would have went that route. uh, But if we were able to trade out of that number one pick, if Tunzel's the number one pick and you're sitting there, you're John Robinson, and you see that picture come up, what are you doing 10 minutes before you're selecting? What are you, what are you doing? I'm hoping that my security guys have already done their work. They already know that uh, this has come up. And DG, whenever he was talking about it, we all know Tunsil was in that room smoking with him, too. It, it wasn't a one-guy show going on in there. And like Ryan said earlier, if you're smoking pot, you're a good guy at this point. You know, who cares? <laughs> now, do I have the balls to have made that pick? I don't know. My, my first draft ever. I'm sitting there, and then that picture pops up there, and I take that guy anyway. Man, that's betting a lot. I don't know if I could have done it either. I I have the balls for that pick. I would have still done it. I still would have or pulled the trigger on that. In my opinion, just I think that Tunsil is going to end up being, like I said, you know, one something special in the NFL. I think he has that skill, and it's really not that huge of an issue, really. Like, um, don't need to be doing that. But we've seen guys. You know, you're just looking at the best running back probably in the NFL, Le'Veon Bell, has gotten in trouble for smoking pot. Like, it's, it really hasn't been that big of a hindrance for a lot of these guys. Doing a Michael Phelps, you know, he's probably the best Olympian in American history, and he had gotten in trouble for smoking pot. So it's, it's not that the suspensions make you worry, but they're small suspensions in the NFL, and, and you know, you just sit down and talk to him, you know, and, and be like, you know, you can't smoke in May and June and July. Because that's when they test. But as long as you are passing those tests, then you don't get tested again until May, June, July. So go ahead and smoke like crazy. But don't do it then so you don't get suspended so you can stay on the field. It's really not that big of a deal for me. So I still would have uh, gone, still taken uh, Tunsil there. And, you know, like Glenn said, we knew he was in that room before then. We knew that he was probably smoking. I mean, it. I think people assumed that he was, so it's, it didn't come as a huge shock, really. 
Yeah, but with that in mind, I mean, smoking weed does not offend me whatsoever. His shoes offended me more than him smoking weed. But in our, <laughs> with our past, man, we've drafted Pac-Man Jones. You know, all these True. all these guys are they're no knuckleheads, and basically, it doesn't matter if you're smoking smoking weed is not the issue. It's a matter of can you perform your job when you're called upon. And in my opinion, if you're sitting here taking videos of yourself in a gas mask smoking weed, like. Listen, smoking weed is not the issue here. If you're dumb enough to record yourself doing it and somebody gets into your Twitter account or whatever the hell happened, I mean, that's that's immaturity at, at its full potential. I, I don't know. He just – I'm tired of wasting draft picks, and I just feel like especially at number one, that would have been a waste. Now, when we did make the trade up to eight, I honestly did think we were taking him, and I would have been all right with it. The value is definitely there, but, I mean, he's he, – have fun in Miami. That's going to be the least of his worries. He's going to have a lot more uh, partying and whatever else he wants to do down there. I don't know how his career is going to turn out. Yeah, you, you bring up a good point here with Pac-Man and, and guys that we've had trouble with in the past. Talking about trading up for it, I really thought it was going to be Tunsil. And I do like Jack Conklin a lot. But in my eyes, was Conklin worth trading up to get? I, I don't think so. Was Tunsil worth trading up to get? Absolutely. Uh, you know, just talent-wise. But I'm not mad that we got Conklin. I think he's going to do great. You know, I think that this guy, you know, as you said, he's a gigantic Big Ten road grader. You know, those normally 99.9% of the time, those guys end up being um, good players in the NFL. So, you know, I think that Conklin's going to be very good. I just don't think he has nearly high of a ceiling that Tunsil does. But I wanted to ask I you guys, what would you say is the, your biggest surprise here of the first round? Yeah, I think that was that – uh that trade by San Francisco, moving up to get Garnett, I don't think anybody can really argue with that. You, you got a guy who's not picked that much higher than where they were going to pick anyway. And the, the comments you see on him whenever you read scouting reports is he's got a doughy body. He needs to spend some time with nutritionists to learn how to eat. These aren't things you want from a guy who's a, you know, a four-year guy in college already. Why, why are they trading up to pull a guy who doesn't have explosive traits and is kind of questionable as far as his approach to the game already? And they gave up picks and moved up a few slots to get a guy that easily would have been there later on. Uh, I'm going to agree here. I think it's the same pick, but just to be different, uh, I'll pick different. And uh, I'm going with a two-way tie here between the Raiders and the Falcons, both taking safeties at at 14 and 17 really early. And Carl Joseph and Keanu Neal, just really surprising, especially... You know, Carl Joseph, being a West Virginia fan, I love the kid a lot. He had a lot of production before he got hurt. But the injury's a big question mark for Carl Joseph. And then taking a safety that high uh, at 14, you have to be pretty sold that that guy's going to be something special. But but I don't even know if you can say it's surprising because the Raiders seem to always, you know, have that weird pick in the first round. So it's it's not huge surprising by then. But then right after... Uh, I guess feeling the pressure, the Falcons go after safety themselves and Neil, who I you know I like both these guys are good players, but I did not expect either of them to come off the board until uh, early second round, and maybe for Joseph very late uh, first round, not you know the middle of the pack in the first round. So it's uh, both of those surprises. I would agree that uh, Garnett's the biggest surprise, but just to be a little different, uh, give a different take, I'll I'll take the safeties there. Yeah, and I would have went with the San Fran also, but to switch it up also, to be honest, the, the biggest shock to me early in the draft was that San Diego took Joey Bosa. I was not expecting that at all. Mm-hmm. I don't know if any of you guys saw it coming. 
I never made any bones about not being a Bosa fan. He may not be as bad as some of us have said he'll be, but as the third pick in the draft, that, that, that was a, definitely a shock for me too. Uh, we knew he was going to go high, though, so I wasn't too terribly surprised. Just didn't necessarily call it for the Chargers because he doesn't really fit what they do on defense. But if they believe he's the next guy, then you, you, you put him out there and you let him do what he does, and you just try to find a way to make it work. I actually had them taking Laramie Tunsil in my mock draft, but then as soon as the you know the bong thing comes out with Tunsil, I think he would have been my second pick there. I think that's you know it, it wasn't overly surprising for me. I think that they would have gone for Bosa just because they have a really desperate need on the offense and defensive line to improve for the Chargers. But so not overly surprised, but it was a little surprising because Tunsil was still on the board. But let's move on to the Tennessee Titans' second pick here with the second round. Uh, second pick of that second round. We end up taking uh, Kevin Dodd, the defensive end from Clemson. Matt, you are a Clemson guy, so you get to see a guy coming from the college that you like now playing for your pro team. It has to be pretty exciting. Yeah, I mean, I was I was happy to get him. I will say at that pick, I didn't think we were going that route. I knew we would go pass rush. No expense stood out to me. Kevin Dodd is a solid, solid player. People call him a one-year wonder. Well, that's because you play behind Vic Beasley and Kai Goodman. For one, he was never really given the opportunity until this past year, his junior year. But he, he has come on, like, from nowhere. Brent Venables is his defensive coordinator and Dabo Sweeney have both talked about how easy he is to coach and, to be honest, how horrible he was when he first got to Clemson. He could barely line up from what, from what Venables describes. When Derek Morgan went down, Titans had eight sacks in their last six games, and they had no depth. Dodd, I think, is almost like a Derek Morgan clone, whether that's good or bad. He, he's good all-around player. Uh, he had 12 sacks last season, and honestly, I'm, I'm pretty stoked to have him on the team. I have the same opinion of Dodd. He is that carbon copy of Derek Morgan. He's going to come in. He's going to fill that same role. So if Morgan goes down, it doesn't hurt you too much. He's not necessarily the guy I take there. His coach, Venables, that you mentioned, he was at OU. I, I, I know how that guy runs his show. You know, he vouches for the guy. It tells you good things to me. And we, we saw the Clemson-Oklahoma game. We know what he did in that game. My, my biggest question, though, isn't so much about Dodd, who I, I feel positive about. I think he's going to be a good addition. He doesn't push either one of our starters off the field, but he replaces them nicely when they go. Would you have taken Dodd, or would you have taken Jalen Smith or Jack Miles? That's my question. Miles Jack, he scares me, man. I, I, the Jaguars definitely made the right decision to take take him when they did. But for us, man, I mean, they they have a lot of, of key guys that are young up and comers, and he's obviously fits that that bill. But let me just go back and say this: I didn't think Miles Jack would be there to begin with in the conversation. But I will say, Jalen Smith, I was a huge supporter to take him with one of our later second round picks. And a lot of people gave me shit for it. And I don't, you know, I don't care. That's just how I feel. I felt like Miles Jack, for one, is basically the same grouping as Jalen Smith in my mind, top five uh, defensive guy in the draft class. I didn't think we would have taken Dodd with that pick. I wasn't upset about it. I know what he can do. But at the same time, there was guys, no Spence, who may or may not have character issues that may make a bigger impact. I mean, time will tell. We don't know. But I was actually kind of surprised when we took him. I actually like Kevin Dodd uh, a lot. This is one of my favorite uh, picks of the draft, actually, um, for the Tennessee Titans. 
And for me, I think if it was uh, Miles Jack or Jalen Smith, I think I still would have gone Dodd just because the question's so huge and we need guys that can come in and make a difference. We're not in the position that Tennessee can, can make big gambles like that. I still would have gone Kevin Dodd just because you don't know. You know, with the the re-injury factor for Miles Jack is huge. And then for Jalen Smith, it's the, you know, will he ever get back to normal with all of the uh, the nerve damage that he has taken in that injury. And I know he's running around and he looks good, but you don't know if he's ever going to be able to move the same because of that nerve damage uh, that he has. You know, it just doesn't look good for either of them. So I think that would scare me away from not to do it. But I like Kevin Dodd a lot. You know, tough kid with a high football IQ, you know, for only being a one-year starter. And he has a non-stop motor. There's a lot of these picks that Tennessee had. There's a common theme of guys that have great work ethics and high motors. You know, I think Conklin's one of those guys. You see him destroy. Go watch Ohio State. When Conklin played Ohio State, watch the fourth quarter. Because you see these guys get slow, get tired, and Conklin is still looking as fresh as he did in the first. You look at Dodd, he's the same exact way. He has that really high motor. Uh, the championship game had three sacks, two tackles for a loss, and that game was a big factor for Clemson. This guy never gives the offensive lineman a break. He's very relentless, uh, and he has a really good football IQ, and you want proof of this. Watch him against screens and against play action. You know, he's never fooled by the offense. He's always in the right place. Uh, making big plays. Obviously, the big, if you want to do pros and cons, the cons for Kevin Dodd, experience. He needs to get a little bit more diversified bag of tricks. You know, you can't use the swim move every single time that you pass rush in the NFL. you got to get, uh, build up a bag of tricks that he can use. But I think with his intelligence and his work ethic, he's going to make an easy transition into the NFL. Moving on to the second pick of the second round for us at 12th, uh, in the second round, we get Austin Johnson, the defensive tackle from Penn State. Matt, what do you think about this pick? Caught me off guard, man, to be completely honest with you. I didn't see it. If we were taking D-tackle, I would have thought it would have been Vernon Butler. Uh, he went to Carolina, I believe. He's a great player, Austin Johnson is, and I think he's definitely going to, if not beat out Al Woods from the door, he's going to be a great uh, rotation with Al Woods. He's going to fit great in the Lebeau system. I like the pick. I wasn't expecting it. I felt like we really needed to address the secondary, but um, solid pick. I just wasn't expecting it. This is actually my favorite pick of the uh, of the first four that we made. I think Austin Johnson is going to come in. He's already lean. He's actually got quite a bit of room to bulk up, so he's going to get bigger and stronger, which is kind of scary because he has those instincts against the run to you know, lock up his man, shed, make that play. He's going to give us a lot of push up the middle. He's in my opinion, going to be the best nose tackle we've had in quite a while. Not saying as much as I'd like it to be saying. Um, I think he's going to be the starter over Woods sooner than later. Possibly, you know, game one, but probably they go with Woods just because they like veterans out there. Definitely my favorite pick of that first group. This is the perfect spot for him to go. I had him rated higher than Matt's guy, actually, so this was my favorite pick of that first uh, two rounds. Uh, he got lost behind the Derrick Henry pick two picks later. Everybody was talking about Derrick Henry, and Austin Johnson just kind of faded out of memory. It was kind of an interesting thing to see on draft day. Yeah, I like Austin Johnson. At first, I didn't like this pick, I'll be honest. When I first came off, I wasn't huge on this, but then I got to watch 
more stuff. And this is another one. Like I just said, another guy that's a hard worker. You know, it wouldn't surprise me to see Austin Johnson bring a lunch pail and a thermos to training camp because he's here to work. This is a guy, it's not a case of rare ability, but rather tenacity. You know, there's that old cliche that hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Austin Johnson is proof of this. He had 78 tackles, 15 tackles for loss, 6 sacks, which is very rare production for a nose tackle to bring. He's a hustle player. He plays to the whistle. A lot to like about him. There is a downside, though. Really not a gap swallower. He lacks length to eat up running lanes. He needs to improve his handwork on the point of impact. Uh, And he stands up sometimes. And it's not... He doesn't play upright. It's just every now and then. So it's not like a, a fundamental issue. It's just a memory issue um, where he doesn't play upright. He, he gets leverage, uh, but sometimes he gets he, he stands up and, and coming out. And that's, you know, you got to get your leverage as nose tackle, you know, to be effective. So every, you know, it's just every now and then. It's more a memory thing than it is a, than it is a technique issue because he does it most of the time. He gets great leverage. But I like him. I think he's going to, you know, start out and – some sub packages and stuff play against a lot of the pass because that seems to be his uh, forte for sure. But I, I at first, I'll be honest, didn't like this pick. But the more I watched tape on this kid, the more I en- ended up liking him. We're going to move on also, uh, to the next one here, the 14th pick of the second round. This is the one I think a lot of people were waiting to hear about. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of hype building in the Nashville and Tennessee uh, among Titans fans about this kid. Derrick Henry, the running back out of Alabama, big bruising back how do you feel about this pick matt shocked was the best way to describe how i felt about it i I did not going into this thing i did not want a running back in any round um demarco murray i was sold on i I love the trade to get him now that we have him i'm on board i mean i I honestly think that he's going to be a nasty one-two combination when when for one we don't know demarco is going to succeed to have a, a reliable backup in Derrick Henry, that's that's huge. That's solid insurance. Yeah, Henry's one of those guys that when we first started talking about the draft, everybody was, you know, the, the Bama fans were, he's the number one pick. This is the guy we need. And then they were talking about trading back into the first round to get him. So he, he falls back down to pick 14. Still wasn't the guy we saw coming. I think a lot of us thought they were going defensive back at that point. As far as running backs go, I was kind of targeting C.J. Procise later on. I think he's a really explosive guy who helps you immediately as a return man. But, you know, Henry's here. He's that straight line, power back. He can pass block because he's built like a linebacker. Uh, he wasn't the guy I loved, but now that he's here, I cannot wait to see him drop that truck stick on a linebacker running through that backfield. Yeah, I mean, this is another one that I think you both put a good here. Very surprising pick. Um I was with Glenn here. I was thinking we were going defensive back and and bolstering the secondary, but we ended up getting Derrick Henry, and at first I was completely against this pick. But then, you know, more wears on it, realized they're trying to build this identity around the power running game, of, you know, running the ball downhill, smash-mouth football. And now you get two running backs that are very capable of doing this. You know, Henry at 6'3", 247 is uh, a giant um, when it comes to running backs. And he's athletic, very athletic for how big he is. You know, obviously hugely productive last year. Heisman Trophy winner. Also led the nation with twenty-two over 2,200 yards, uh, 28 touchdowns. Also was led the nation in carries and missed tackles. Uh, and that's where the, or the, the cons, if you will, starts for me is 400 carries almost last year. 
He ran the ball 68 more times than Adrian Peterson did, who led the NFL in carries. You know, he's been able to stay healthy so far, but how many years were shaved off of his NFL career by how much he was used in his senior year? You know, those last two regular season games, he had 90 carries in two games. That worries me about him. But obviously, you know, as time wore on, I like the pick more and more. I still think it might have been used better, but I I like the pick. We're building an identity around a team that, you know, really lacked one. And, you know, now we everybody knows, you know, Tennessee's going to be a smash-mouth, downhill-running football team with, you know, two great running backs to do it. So, in the end, I think it ended up all right. Uh, Kevin Byard, the next pick, is the first pick of the yep. third round. Uh, Middle Tennessee State safety. Matt, this is a guy that not a lot of people knew about, I think, going into the draft. And then, like, a scramble to find out about the guy after he was picked. Well, what do you think about Byard? Uh, at this point in the draft, man, and I, I mean, I, I like to think I'm a little bit more than a casual uh, college football fan, but I knew nothing about him. But I'll tell you, after reading up on him and watching some of his his highlights, uh, I love the pick. He's had 19 career interceptions at Middle Tennessee State. Now, granted, the talent level that they play, you know, it's not all there. For 19 interceptions in four years, that's that's impressive. He He's a ball hawk for sure. Uh, one thing I thought was interesting, he actually has a friend from high school who turns out to be a, uh, a Titans scout. Uh, they brought him in, told him about him. He actually didn't even go to the combine, but on his pro day ran a, a 4.44. So, I mean, I think under Rashad Johnson, he can learn a lot from him, and I think uh, he's definitely probably sooner than later going to be our going to be our starter. This, this is that guy that unless you were on Middle Tennessee State staff, or in the building, you had no idea this guy was coming. Uh, John Robinson has said that a buddy of his reached out to him and told him to come look at this guy. That's that's kind of what got this guy drafted as far as the fan knows. Uh, once you get the you know, round three and later, this is where the local scouts make all their money anyway. So they, they found a guy that when you go look at his tape, you know, with the understanding of the quality of his competition being there, this looks like a Dick LeBeau guy. He, he's a ball hawk. He makes plays. He's smart. He's everything that you want in a safety. Don't know that we could have got him in round four because did anybody have any idea, the idea he was coming? I kind of wanted them to go with LaRaven Clark, Kyler Fackrell here. Uh, LaRaven Clark as an offensive tackle, even though we already had Jack Conklin, were just so weak at tackle. I thought that he was a guy that has that potential to play left or right be a great backup for us and Kyler Fackrell is one of those guys that uh, he's everything you look for in a linebacker he had that injury in 2014 uh, but he's explosive he's fast he's good against the run I think he would have been the perfect guy to follow up a Rackpo but as a pick Kevin Byard you know we have to believe in him I, I think that he could be a really good guy I just you know we didn't see him coming yeah, this was obviously a very um, surprising pick. I actually knew a little bit about Bayard because I wrote an article about uh, sleeper picks, and I had him as one of my sleeper picks. But I had him, along with a lot of other people, projected towards the fifth and sixth round. That's what I don't like about this is it did feel like a lot of a reach getting him in the third. He is a ball hawk, though, as a strong safety. You know, it shows he had 19 career interceptions in college. But, you know, one thing I really don't like about him is he's an average tackler. He doesn't wrap up. You know, he gets a lot of these drag-and-drop 
kind of tackles. You know, he's been labeled an ankle tackler. He, he's not a guy that, you know, comes in with a big hit. Even though he has the size to be a big hitter, he's not. And, you know, you can get away with those ankle tackles in Conference USA. You cannot get away with them in the NFL. So he needs to learn to wrap up, and you know, square up, wrap up, and finish off tackles if he's going to be effective at the next level. You know, but he is obviously a really good ball-hawking safety. You can tell that he played wide receiver in high school. Uh, he has amazing ball skills and a football IQ that is far higher than you see in most small school uh, prospects. I, I like the pick. I just I think it was a little early, but maybe they had inside information that he was rising really high. You know, I'm not in the draft room, unfortunately, so I couldn't tell you. But, you know, I had this guy going, you know, in the fifth round is where I had him. A lot of people had him five and six. And, and you know, so it's, it did feel like a bit of a reach, but not a bad pick overall. And I think that he could be dangerous in the future. Uh, we did not have a fourth round pick, obviously. So we end up taking first pick of the fifth round, uh, Tajay Sharp, wide receiver from UMass. Or a raw guy, but a lot of people were excited about this pick, Matt. Yeah, again, I mean, at this point in the draft, um, a lot of these picks are surprises to me. Uh, I love about him. I mean, obviously, he led all of FBS teams with 111 receptions last year. Uh, he's 6'2", he's 194, he's got awesome hands, and he catches everything. I mean, he's contested, and he will catch everything. He doesn't have great speed, but, I mean, he, he's an over-the-middle guy. I definitely see him on the roster, and... The kid brings a football to training camp with him. He sleeps with his football. I mean, that says all, I, all you need to know right there. I don't have a lot to add on that, Sharp. He, he's one of those guys that they were talking about. He could be the steal of the draft whenever they took him because he does catch the ball all the time. Yeah, you know, Everybody's talking about he's got small hands, the smallest hands on the wide receiver. Does it matter if he catches the ball? He runs good routes. That's what they said they wanted. He doesn't make big plays after he catches the ball. He's not the strongest guy. He's not the fastest guy. He's not the quickest guy. He runs routes. He catches the ball. He's where he's supposed to be when he's supposed to be there. You can't ask for much more than a you know, for a fifth-round receiver than that. Yeah, I mean, he, he's a good route runner for sure. Even though he's not a top-end speed guy, he gets to that top speed quick. You know, he has a lot of acceleration. Great route runner, as I said, and great hands. I think he needs to bulk up though at six two one ninety five or one ninety four. Excuse me. I'd like to see him get up in the in the two ten range, and I think it would help a lot of his game. You know, a lot of the problems that he has, I think, would be fixed by this. You know, he's average in contested catches. I think that improves if he bulks up. Uh, can't break tackles. Obviously, will, could help having some size, and he gets handled by physical uh, corners and press coverage, and obviously that would improve the more size he puts on. So I'd like to see him, you know, obviously progress, but also put some weight on. I think he could be a good wide receiver. Moving on, the 20th pick of that same fifth round, we end up getting LaShawn Sims, cornerback, Southern Utah. Matt, a lot of people have called this a Dick LeBeau pick. Uh, would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, and this is one of the other ones that we tr we actually traded up to get this guy. I had no idea who he was. He's a big corner. Well, big, big as in six foot two oh three. Um, bigger, I guess. Yeah, all I've heard is that he fits LeBeau's system to a T. Uh, he's best bump and run. And uh, I mean, he's had twenty five pass breakups and eight interceptions, but only two of them came in the last two seasons. So I mean, other than what you know, what I've read about him, I've never seen him play it down. I, all I keep hearing is how he fits LeBeau. He fits LeBeau. He fits LeBeau. So we'll see how it goes. 
And that's all I've really got to say on the guy, too, other than, again, small hands. So our fifth round, we grabbed two guys with the smallest hands for their position. I say we called them the small hands team. We're sponsored by Donald Trump. Stick them out there. Just put them on a <laughs> Yeah, the Sims does. It's eight and one eighth inch is his hand. Uh, that is really small, and you know he is, but he is great in press coverage. Um, I think he fits Lebeau's system pretty well. He's a pest to wide receivers. Very frustrating. He ran a four five three forty at the combine, but it, that's regarded by as a fluke by most scouts. Uh, he ran a verified four four one forty this spring, according to NFL.com. Uh, which is a big difference, obviously. The one thing I see as a big downside is he's almost non-existent in the running game. He can't shed uh, blocks and, to make those plays. And the other thing being a small school, obviously you're going to have a learning curve um, from a lot of these guys from bigger schools. But I think that he has the talent to be really good at Dick LeBeau's system. Sixth round, 18th pick, Sebastian Teratola. This is another guy, guard in Arkansas. Another guy that a lot of people are pretty excited about, Matt. Uh, how do you like him? Yeah, Trey Tolan, man, I, I love him. I don't know how he slipped down this far. I'm probably higher on him than you guys are from what I've heard. He finishes plays, man. He He's a running, run blocking mauler. He will finish you, and he will put you in the dirt. I love the kid's attitude. I've heard a few interviews with him. I love the pick. I thought I thought for sure he, he wouldn't go past the fourth round, but we were lucky enough to snatch him in the sixth, and – with Byron Bell going down, unless we can bring in a solid veteran, um, I like him to start. I've never seen so much excitement for a six-round pick, especially for a six-round pick at a guard spot. You know, when, when do you ever hear this guy could be the great guy? But honestly, when we took Henry, I kind of wanted him to take Cody White here. I thought that was the best guard in the draft, and I thought that guy could have really come in there and solidified that offensive line. Getting Sebastian Tritola in the sixth round, that's a pretty good second choice. Like like you said, he, he's a good run blocker. He finishes his drives. He pounds people. He's going to bring that nasty attitude that everybody keeps talking about. Has some work to do in the pass blocking game, but because of the run block, he's going to tear your arm off and beat you to death with it. You can't ask for much more than that from a six-round guy. Yeah, there's a lot to like about Tritola, you know. First team all SEC offensive lineman, and that tells you something. That's stiff competition, and he's a really good, powerful downhill run blocker. He, you know, he excels at one-on-one power blocking, which fits exactly uh, what we're trying to do. You know, if you want to watch some tape on this kid that'll blow your mind, is watch him when they play Alabama. He's taking on guys like Jaron Reed, Noshon Robinson. And destroying them, uh, you know, pounding them into the ground. He's an excellent run blocker. Uh, and if you've got guys that are, you know, those gap swallower kind of guys like Reed and Robinson are, he's going to handle them. The big downside for him is he does not play a good and pass blocking. He's not very athletic, plays really stiff. If a defensive lineman sets an edge on him, they're going to get by him. And he really struggles, of course, against linebackers and athletic defensive ends. If they come inside, um, it's a big problem. He, he's really non-athletic. I think he ran like a five-five forty, which is basically an army crawl. Uh, you know, it's not a guy that's going to set the world on fire and pass blocking, but he's really good at, at downhill run blocking. I think that he'll be an asset there, but I don't want to see him start yet because of the pass blocking. That worries me. We got two seventh rounders. First one and the last one here. We'll start with the first pick of the seventh round, Aaron Wallace, linebacker, UCLA. Matt, your thoughts? I wasn't real happy with it. I know 
he comes from UCLA, which our linebackers coach, Lou Spanis, uh, probably recruited him. He filled in for Miles Jack when Jack went down. He's a versatile player. I mean, I like that about him. I can see him probably making special teams contributions. But other than that, I mean, he's pretty raw at this point. He's got virtually no playing experience other than this last year. But if you watch his tape a little bit, he improved a lot. You know, I said earlier, Kyle Fackrell is the guy I want at linebacker. This kid could possibly be that in three years as long as he makes the team and they keep working with him. I think LeBeau's happy to have him there. Like you said, his lineback- our linebacker coach probably did recruit him, probably knows quite a bit about the guy. He has a potential. It's three years from now before we know if the pick was even worth the trouble of making, though. This is a guy that I'm not very high on, very raw with a low football IQ. He passed the measurable test. Um, you know, He's got the size, the speed, the explosiveness, and the power and the versatility to be interesting. But uh, you watch him in tape, and one thing that stuck out to me is he is easily fooled by an offense. Watch him play against play action, against screens, against draws. He's always out of position. You know, he's like the definition of project player. Did get better as the season went on, but he had his best games against weak schools, and when he played the top of the the Pac-12, he really struggled. Um, And, and, you know, teams that were crafty, teams that play – uh, the play action really well. You think the Texans? He's gonna struggle yeah, against teams like that because he doesn't he, he doesn't read well. It's a low football IQ because it's a guy that doesn't have a lot of experience. I heard one scout say that he was where a sophomore linebacker should be. Uh, you know, so not really blown away by this pick, but it is the seventh round. And then we get Mister Irrelevant, the last pick of the draft, Kalen Reed, defensive back out of Southern Missouri. What do you think about this guy, Matt? I like him. I like him more than I like Sims. It's crazy because out of all the players that I wanted with that pick, he was not even on my radar after reading up a little bit. Pro Football Focus actually had him as the sixth overall ranked DB. You know, I've heard nothing but good good things about this kid. I definitely see him making the team. I like him more than I like Sims. I mean, I, I don't know if he if he fits the style that Dick LeBeau wants to run. But I could definitely see him being very relevant in the next couple of years. Before I touch on Reed here, I do got to get something off my chest. What we were just talking about with Aaron Wallace, he's got the measurables but not the experience. That makes him a third-round pick for Russian Webster. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I had to get that out. I'm so happy we don't have to deal with that ever again. So, so Kalen Reed, uh, he should have dropped this far. He really is a better player than you know, Mr. Irrelevant. When he puts on his pads, he doesn't blow you away. His measurables don't blow you away. The thing is, is he's got some instincts. He doesn't get burned when he does gamble, but he has to gamble because he doesn't have those plus attributes. I don't know that he ever cracks the starting lineup, but he's going to be a pretty good contributor as long as he makes the team and gets some time to develop a little bit. I like Kalen Reed. Uh, you know, there's a lot to like about him, and as Matt pointed out, you know, he was rated very high by Pro Football Focus. Um, he has great anticipation, can jump routes, and has the ball skills to be a big playmaker and phenomenal hands for a defensive back. I see him projecting him more as a safety than a corner, though, especially in a Dick Blabo system because he does not play press man coverage very well at all. He lacks the strength and the hip movement uh, to you know play mirror coverage like that uh, and you know stick with a guy. You know he really plays like a small free safety or just you know undersized free safety. Uh, so if you see him bulk up, I think that he could play the safety position better because he really reads the quarterback's eyes well. And he can jump in front of a route and, and snag a ball. 
Another downside, though, is he does take chances a lot. He's one of those guys that is going to get burned every now and again for a big play because he likes to take the chances, uh, you know, go after the ball to try to make a big play. But overall, I like him. I think he projects better as a safety than he does a corner. We're going to do now an overall grade here for the draft. Matt, what are you going to give Tennessee for this draft class? Me personally, I feel pretty much the same way I did about free agency, but I'm going to go with a B plus. Some of these, some of these fans that I've read on these groups, you know, they're they're as gung ho as you can get. A plus, A, you know, he can do no wrong. I'm not, I'm not going to say that it was a, it was an A. Um, it was definitely higher than a B. I'm going to go B plus. I think that there was definitely some surprises, and you know, I was not expecting more than half of our picks. To be completely honest with you, some of them I didn't know anything about until after reading up on. But overall, man, we're headed in the right direction, and um, I'm real excited about this season coming up. I'm also giving him a B plus. You know, 40 years as a fan doesn't make me a GM. So am I looking at some of these guys and going, that's not the pick I would have made. That's not the guy I would have picked. We, we all have that guy that we'd wanted instead. There's a couple guys out there that I would have rather taken than the guys we did. Most of these guys that we picked, though, you can see what they're doing. You know, everybody's talked about we're getting bigger, we're getting stronger. Our later picks, they're picking guys who they feel they can play in the system or they can contribute in a particular way. They don't necessarily have to be starters, but they're going to get on the field. They're going to play. And they had that potential to be a starter somewhere down the road or at least fill in nicely when someone gets hurt. So I'm going to give him a B plus. It wasn't the sexiest draft, a good draft. Starts with an amazing trade. You know, that trade gets an A++. I mean, as, as high as you can go with that. It was really outstanding what we were able to do. You know, there's some problems that I have with this uh, with this draft. You know, we've got a lot of small kids. You know, it's a big jump playing in a small school to jump into the NFL. And we got some guys that definitely, like you said, there was definitely a lot of surprising picks. Not a lot of sexy picks. But some guys I think that fit what we're trying to do are really building an identity now we're going to be smash mouth on offense we're going to be dick lebeau on defense and we got guys that fit the you know those systems uh so overall i'm going to agree with you guys here and it's going to be b pluses all around uh that's about all we have for the show folks but we're going to talk about one more thing before we get off here is we're going to start a mailbag uh the two-tone uncensored mailbag every single week where you guys the fans can send in stuff questions that you want us to go over or you know players that you want us to talk about um whatever and we're going to take you know the top probably three five something around that number and read them on air discuss them me and glenn and matt will break them down the way you can do this is through our facebook two-tone uncensored on facebook find the page and, and put just comment it to us on there send in a, in a message on twitter two-tone uncensored there's no ed on the twitter handle it's at two-tone uncensored tweet at us or uh, you can email it to us at two-tone uncensored at gmail.com another way uh, you know if you want to be a part of the tennessee titans uncensored the fan page all three of us are on you know we'll be putting out a, a post there every week for the mailbag so just comment there on that post and we're going to take the best ones and read them every single week. We're going to do it to start the show out from here on out. That's all we have for this show. If you want to find us, we're on. If you go to twotone.pinecast.co, you can find the webpage. It'll be up with the, the shows on it. We're also on Twitter, Facebook, as I previously mentioned. 
and the Stitcher app will be on. If you want to download that on your phone, free to download, free to listen to the show on the Stitcher app uh, so you can listen to us on the go in a really convenient way. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Two-Tone Uncensored Podcast. You can listen to the show at twotone.pinecast.co or by downloading the Stitcher app on your mobile device. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at Two-Tone Uncensored and like it on Facebook.